just before Christmas, I came across an article, 80 over 80. Slate's magazine's list of most influential Americans in their ninth decade and beyond. I found the article quite interesting because so often, most stories prefer to highlight the young, early upstarts, success stories. Who would be interested in the influence of older people? In 2020, the year of the COVID-19 pandemic, what comes to our minds when we hear about senior citizens or older people? I guess it's either they need to be careful because they are a vulnerable population, or in the last week, they should be the first in line to receive the vaccine. Well, this was the kind of conversations some of us might have had with our loved ones back home during Christmas. However, here's the paradox for me in the last two weeks of 2020. On one hand, I see on the front pages of different news sites showing pictures of uh, older people, men and women, receiving the first vaccines in their countries, whether it's the UK, USA, or Switzerland. And yet, on the other hand, on Christmas Eve, I was struck when I saw this old 80-year-old man step up to get vaccinated before the public, he is Dr. Anthony Fauci. And for many, Dr. Fauci doesn't symbolize weakness, but rather trustworthiness. He doesn't symbolize vulnerability in that sense, but a commitment to truth-telling and a pillar of strength and stability during a time of pandemic. I remember different moments when I heard his warning repeatedly for his viewers about public health measures. And then he would say something like this recently, help is on the way. Now in today's gospel reading, Luke highlights two interesting, I would call little characters, Simeon and Anna, that would fit the over 80 category. Early on, Luke already introduces us two other older folk, Elizabeth and Zechariah, who paved the way to tell us about John the Baptist. Now, during this Christmas season, we are familiar with the younger Mary and Joseph, and especially Mary's role highlighted so well by Andy's sermon last Sunday. Even the shepherds and the angels get some spotlight so beautifully displayed in our children's Christmas pageant, all of them playing significant roles in God's big story. But it's not often we pause with the older folks like Simeon and Anna in our hurry to get to 2021, to have this new beginning, we might miss this episode that has so much to offer us. So here's the setting. It has changed from the periphery to the center. We've moved from Bethlehem to Nazareth and now to Jerusalem. The young family needs to fulfill the religious requirements according to the law of Moses. The symbolism is clear. Christ is set apart as the firstborn of, to the Lord. Christ identifies with the poor. The young family couldn't afford a lamb, so they still could pay for at least two young pigeons. And all of what's happening next is right at the center of the spiritual life where God is supposed to be present. So far, so good. Yet, Luke interrupts us with a message inspired by the Spirit by this old man, Simeon. Sure, he's a good man, representing the best of Israel, and he also represents the waiting, the looking forward to the consolation, or some scholars would say the comfort of Israel. You know, I might have preferred to end 
it with, my eyes have seen your salvation, and that should be good enough. That would be a great climax to the end of one's earthly life. Let's just quickly receive the child Jesus and what he signifies and move on faster. But Simeon talks further about the falling and rising of many combined with a sign that will be opposed. We have to slow down a bit here. Yes, Christ indeed is the comfort that Simeon and Israel have been waiting for, but this comfort won't come ignoring the dark side of human actions and power that harms rather than heals. During this year of pandemic, we have seen how many attitudes to foreigners, migrants, refugees, and today we're remembering the stateless people, how many really hurtful attitudes to them, policies and decisions made, or the lack of decisions made, that have revealed the state of our hearts more than the state of our health. Whether it's the xenophobic attacks in the early months of the pandemic on Asian or Chinese-looking citizens or people in town, to critical debates around vaccine nationalism of governments and every controversy in between. Our response to the pandemic has revealed so much about us. This Christmas, Pope Francis even wants to press this further, that there's a Christmas message to reveal again the state of our hearts and our power to act. Pope Francis' message had a call to the nations of the world that we must share the new coronavirus vaccines with the most needy. They can't be left behind. He says this, we cannot allow the various forms of nationalism closed in on themselves to present, prevent us from living as the truly human family that we are. Nor can we allow the virus of radical individualism to get the better of us and make us indifferent to the suffering of other brothers and sisters. Now, the human heart and mind can be so deceitful, isn't it? We can easily hide our self-centeredness in the thick pages of some policy papers or so-called the need to protect, protect our own kind. Now, echoing what Mary sang earlier, where she sang, he has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. What this child Jesus will do is to reveal the inner thoughts of many. There will be opposition and rejection of the Messiah because at times, truth hurts when it exposes the darkness before the healing can begin. For me, Simeon's words warn us that Jesus will disrupt history and expose even the most religious-sounding actors of the bankruptcy of their faith. And so many have, and we might have been tempted too, to turn inward and curve even more inward, missing the plot of God's larger story of radical love for the other. On a most personal level, even Mary will indeed witness the fulfillment of these words, perhaps even more than anyone else, in the unfolding story through Jesus. I could imagine the older Mary bearing this burden so much more later. Indeed, we will see through the gospel of Luke, that was part one, and also part two, the book of Acts, 
how different people respond to Jesus that tells us so much more about us as much as it is about him. But that's not the end for now, for this episode. There's more. It's God's favor, God's grace that presses on. And God is unrelenting in his pursuit of humans who have lost their way. The core message of Simeon's message here is really ultimately about God's movement outward. He mentions a light. He highlights this part, a light for revelation to the Gentiles. Yes, the comfort of Israel is here, but there's more. It's never just for us. God's light is to reach out beyond ourselves. I like the fact that we are hearing this message from two older characters in the Gospel of Luke. It is as if God is saying, how and who I'm revealing this message to is as important as what I have to say. Keep an eye on little older characters who are the ones who will share my revelation to all. That's why we can't forget the 84-year-old Anna. The name is the Greek form of mercy, and she's the only one of the four described as a prophetess mentioned in the Bible, after Miriam, Deborah, Hulda, and Isaiah's wife. Now, there are others who self-describe themselves as prophetess, but here is one, right? In the early chapters of the Gospel of Luke, we don't have any information or content of what she said with her words, but we know so much and everything from her actions. She was already speaking prophetically about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. Sounds, sounds familiar, doesn't it? This anticipates the women who will be the first witnesses to share the good news of Jesus' resurrection in the last chapter of Luke. But I think we are running ahead of ourselves. We are still on the first Sunday of Christmas. Let's dwell here for a while. Already, just in two chapters in Luke, God's favor has come upon Elizabeth, Zechariah, on Mary, Joseph, on the shepherds, on Simeon, and Anna. Sure, we can see God's favor on Jesus the child, but this favor, this blessing has also come layer upon layer on all the characters around Jesus. For me, it's just amazing how God includes all of them in the larger story that he's crafting with Jesus at the center. For me, revisiting Simeon and Anna reminded me so, of so many older folk, men and women throughout my life who have stepped in at the right time, at the right place, to give me the truth that I need to hear. I think of my late grandfather, who was a migrant from China, and later, as he became a Christian, he, he, he had some time to affirm me as a little boy uh, of my own value. I think of my, my un late uncle, who also did the same to affirm my calling as a pastor. I guess you could remember so many more for yourself. Both the truth they have spoken to me would reveal my inner thoughts, but also truth that heals Good news of Christmas, the good news of Christmas ultimately brings us hope, not just for us, but all those around us, but especially those who are far away from us. So who might, who might be the most influential 70, 80, 90-year-olds in our lives? 
and our family and even our society. Who are these people who have become prophets for us and for the life of the world? Who are the ones who have spoken God's truth that we need to hear, even when it's both disturbing and comforting at the same time? Maybe you could still have some time to send a message to them before the year ends, just to thank them for doing so. Or maybe God is affirming you as a Simeon or as an Anna, and you have a role to play to announce God's favor on those around you. You can send a message to affirm a sign of God's salvation on those who are willing to hear. The spirit who worked in Simeon and Anna is still working in you and me. So for all of us, on this last Sunday of 2020, I mean, we don't deny the hardness of the human hearts. We still see it. You know, it's the hardened hearts that reject him. But we also will hear, like in the song later, the loving hearts may enthrone him. As we gather today remotely, but with Christ's presence uniting us, we can say thank God for still showering us with help. Not just help that is on the way, but help that is already here in Christ, in Jesus. We can wrap up the year in peace because we have witnessed God's sign of grace, God's signs of salvation in our lives and around us. Amen.